HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some. Welcome back to another episode of The Speakeasy on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find us all over the place. Basically, really, just all over the place. Ask anyone. They know about us. <laughs> right, Jack? He yes, knows that's yes, right. this is true. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of Jack, to the, uh, the conversation here, about uh, two months ago or so, Jack came to me and said... I just got back from Louisville, Kentucky, and first of all, I was very jealous because I I love going to Kentucky, and he said, I just went to this distillery that blew my mind, and they would be awesome to have on the show, and I was like, well, what'd they do? And he was like, dude, they just do the craziest stuff, and... I was like, all right, well, expand on that a little bit more. And he's like, well, they do all these like crazy brandies. And I was like, done, done. <laughs> I love brandy and I love crazy. So I'm very happy to have on the show today Joe Heron from Copper and King's Distillery out of Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you very much, Damon, and thanks for the introduction, Jack. <laughs> we, we always, you got to hang out with Jack when he was down there, right? I, sorry, what was that, Damon? I didn't hear you. Oh, so you got to hang out with Jack when he was down there to visit, right? I did. We had lots in common. We both liked booze, and we both liked shipping containers. So we <laughs> we were a perfect fit. That's. It sounds like a perfect pair to me because, like, we are currently. I'm in a, a couple of shipping containers right now here at the Heritage Radio Studios. And are you there uh, on premise at the uh, at the distillery? I, I am. I'm sitting in the distillery. 
Um, it's a bit of a chilly day in Louisville, Kentucky, so I feel a little cheated because I was expecting it never to be cold in Kentucky, but it is. Well, you know what? Uh, we're 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 in the same place right now because it is very chilly here in uh, in Brooklyn, New York, too. But at least uh, you know, Jack's got the heat pump in here in the uh, in the studio, so it's uh, it's a uh, it's a doable situation. Uh, so. I, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm very jealous that uh, Jack got to visit the uh, distillery, and uh, I haven't gotten to yet. And uh, I, you know, I, what I what I know of the distillery is that first of all, I, I love brandies, I love eau de vie. I, I, I'm a huge fan of of those style of distillates, and I'm also a, a huge fan of just anything that's kind of I wouldn't necessarily say cutting edge, but yes, but uh, at the same time, uh, just just like different, you know. And you guys are definitely doing some very different stuff. You know, I think that what we're trying to do, Damon, is to really put a stake in the ground for American brandy. Mm-hmm. Um, so brandy that you know owes more uh, to American cultural touch points like music and art and. Uh, as well as, as as obviously bourbon, and we're in Kentucky for that reason, and we we age our distillate in bourbon barrels. So our sensibility is much more focused on what makes America great than taking a, a look across the ocean at what was tradi- a traditional style and a traditional uh, approach. So you know, we 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 make copper pot distilled brandy. Uh, and we age it in bourbon barrels, uh, and we make music, and we like cocktails, and we like to experiment, and you know that's that's what makes America great. Huh? You don't have to play by the rules. Well, yes, exactly. We and we've definitely uh, kind of proven that, right? I mean, the uh, what's really cool about what I know of this distillery is that I mean it's basically. It's run by a lot of free-thinking artists that are still like keeping in mind the the, the heritage of distillation and 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 uh, production of like really cool spirits. But it's you know you're in you're in the heart of bourbon country, but you chose not to do to to not produce necessarily just bourbon. Like a lot of a lot of people around that area in like Kentucky and Tennessee have uh kind of hold you know they tend to hold true to the uh, traditional styles of uh of whiskey making but you know when it goes when you think back in the day before we started producing so much whiskey we were doing a lot more rum and brandy uh, of course so if you look well even if you go back to the beginning almost every farmer that settled america at some stage was it a brandy distiller because they had fruit orchards, fruit doesn't keep, so you you know, you do your canning, you'd make your pies, you'd make your, your jams, uh, and then you'd probably make some wine, and then you'd distill. So, you know, you know the distillation of brandy is as, as old as it gets on both the east and the west coast, and, you know, I think something that people don't know is New Mexico uh, was probably the original territory that had, you know, more Spanish-style um, brandy distillation uh, down there. So, you know, it, 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 it travels across the country. Uh, in terms of 
you know, bourbon and whiskey distillation, you know, that market is very crowded in our opinion. You know, if you look at there's some wonderful stuff going on in the craft distilling up in New York, and we're big admirers of, of that. And then obviously we were in Kentucky, which is the heartland of American distillation. To us, you know, why take a knife to a gunfight? Yeah? <laughs> there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of good whiskey out there. Um, whereas, you know, from a, a, the context of brandy, it seems like you had, you know, traditional inexpensive domestic brandy, and then you had traditional uh, expensive imported brandy. And there was no modern American um, brand that sat there and said, hey, we're here too. We make we have good grapes, and we're just down the road from Vendome, who make our pot stools, and in our opinion, make the best pot stools in and the world. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Oh, they are the sexiest things. You can't, Damon. People walk in, and it's a little irritating to our distillers because all they want people want to do is touch it, <laughs> and it leaves these big hand marks all over, <laughs> or they're hot, or you know something. So they're gorgeous, and copper is so tactile and. Lovely, and uh, I mean, our, you know, you're talking about our distillers and what it takes to work here. So we have a, a head distiller and a winemaker, and our assistant distiller, Alan, is an organic farmer. They're both mad crazy about music, and Alan actually sings to his stills, and he named them after women in Bob Dylan songs. So we have Isis, Magdalena, and Sarah, uh, and he is actually a little besotted with them. That's well, you know, I, I it it really befuddles me. I, I can't believe I haven't been in this distillery because it sounds exactly the same way that I run my bars, <laughs> because it's it's always musically driven. You know, actually, that's the whole reason why I got this show in the first place because Patrick Martin's uh, the the founder of Heritage Foods and Heritage Radio. He was hanging out at my bar a uh, lot and. Uh, we we're talking about music and cocktails and, and spirits, and he was like, "Why don't you come and do a music show, on uh, you know, a mu- music and booze show, uh, like a- an episode on his show?" And then the next day, he was like, "All right, you got to do your show." Which oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's nice. But I think there's but- definitely like a huge connection between the two, you know. It, but it, like the main connection, I think, is passion and also kind of like figuring out the. Like finding the ways to express, you know, and, uh, and with I, what's interesting to me about this distillery is that it's so off the beaten path, you know, like as far as like the style of distillates you guys are doing, you know, it's first of all, like domestically in the United States, there there aren't too many brandy distilleries, you know, and I like you know, like you're saying, you're in the heartland of. Uh, of whiskey distillation or just in distillation in general and to to kind of be defiant uh in that area is huge first of all but then to do uh to produce these different styles of distillates is exponentially crazier <laughs> you know <laughs> you sound you sound like everybody that looks at me and my wife leslie and says you guys are doing brandy in bourbon country? Who does that? That's just nuts. Um, I, you know, I think I think Kentucky has uh, Kentucky's at its best when it's when it's zagging instead of zigging. 
And you can think of like, you know, when, you know, Muhammad Ali and boxing and, uh, you can, you can think of, you know, my morning jacket and, and rock and roll and the, 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 the city and the state are much more open-minded than people realize. It's a crazy state in terms of its independent outlook. So we came in and suddenly everybody loves brandy in Kentucky, but they only like their brandy. They like us because we make brandy that's, you know, very pure, unadulterated, and, and in truth, it, it tastes very much like a very, very smooth bourbon. So, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, it sounds crazy. It sounded crazy to me when we first started considering it. Um, but it's turned out to be the perfect location to make an American-style brandy. Um, and, you know, we're part of the Kentucky Distillers Association. You'd expect them to be a bit of standoffish. And it was quite the opposite. And we have... We have, they all visit, all the distillers are visiting and excited that somebody's adding to that heritage as opposed to just piggybacking on the heritage. Um, and I think that that's probably important to them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like when we go back in history, you know, even with, for instance, I guess the closest one to, you know, talk about like uh, uh, French brandies, cognacs, armagnacs, uh, yeah. even like uh, Calvados. You know, they, there were there was like these are all defined regions and styles, but there's more to it than that. You know, when you talk about even cocktails, there's like there was no it, it didn't just like appear out of nowhere like thousands of years ago that. Uh, you know, a whiskey sour was lemon and sugar and, you know, whiskey. It, you know, it was something that took time to develop. And in the same way as the, you know, the history of distillation and, and styles that are regional, it didn't just, it wasn't just a thing that like everyone understood. And it was like the, the overall, the overarching, like, like understanding. It was, it was something that was built with time. And I think that's really cool. I mean, like, anything about this country, it's it's very young as far as the world goes. And to have so many defined styles around the world, like, it, we're still, I mean, technically, like, in comparison, we're still in our infancy. And to have a brandy distillery in the middle of, like, bourbon territory, I mean, I don't see that being something that is... A turn off, like you were saying, like you know, you've you've been well received, and and I I I feel like there's a huge future in that. You know, I it, the things I get excited about nowadays, like and for it's been for some time. Like, I love brandies. I mean, I think it's you know, as a farmer and like as someone who grew up on on a farm, I I love the preservation of the land and the crops and just I, I just I like preservation. That's why. I, collect antiques and records you know you know and uh old guitars that you're, i can't even play to the right people yeah exactly <laughs> I, I i know I, i'm gonna i'm gonna fly down there tonight man <laughs> no, you should we'll we'll, we'll have a, a meal in the basement awesome because you know that we play music to our barrels so we we we, we, we sonically age our, our barrels and when it first started out it was you know it the context of it was quite peripheral, um, and we got a guy who designed a music system for a really great music box. We have these, like, giant 
subwoofers all, all around our, 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 our maturation cellar, that we can get to 120 decibels down in the cellar. So um, that would be kind of cool to, to go and, uh, and sit down there and, and just and chill out. I tell you, you know what I think about American-style brandy? Because you're quite right. If you, if you go to Europe, the brandy styles are very um, defined. Cognac is cognac. Armagnac is a little more rustic and done in a little different way in Calvados in terms of apple brandy. I really hope that American brandy is not as rigid as that. I think that what makes craft beer so fabulous in the U.S. is that the styles are, are there, but the interpretation of style is very individual and unique. And, that, and for me, that's American, that, that we can interpret anything we want in the way that we want to do it, in the way that we think that will be appealing to people. And that variety and that, and that character and personality is, is our gift, is our joy as a, as a country, huh? I think I, I I totally agree because yeah, you know really as far as distillation goes here it's it's kind of like the wild west you know it's it's kind of like no rules and I think as long as we're responsible as a whole with the way that we distill and the way that we produce you know the way we brew the way we make wine and, and the way we make food and farm and everything it's as long as we're doing it responsibly there shouldn't be any rules that said that as far as like uh, distillation and brewing, it's like let's let's get experimental. But as long as we're doing things responsibly, it should be totally cool. Oh, I, I agree, and, and I I don't think you'd find a more environmentally conscious um, group of people than brewers or winemakers or distillers because we're dependent on agricultural produce. I mean, without mm-hmm. without without a sustainable planet, we screwed. Um, and so, for us, you know, we're not environmental activists by any well, guys, stretch of guys imagination. Have a, yeah, you guys have a whole, like, solar aspect of your distillery, too, right? Yeah, we have solar. We have the shipping containers. We have a 4,300-square-foot monarch butterfly way station. You know, the, and those things are cool. They're important because they're about the planet and they're about beauty you know we we're, we're we're interested in in that because you know i think people want to work in a place that not only does makes good products but is a, is a good place to work and is concerned with its impact on everything you know in society so but you know i, I don't want to be I, you know I'm, I'm really no activist on on that kind of stuff we just will would rather do small things uh that we can handle ourselves and for ourselves, and we really hope that that's a positive impact on the environment. And you know, we we try pretty hard, and hopefully we we can we, we serve as a model that people say, "Jesus, those idiots can do it." I'm sure we can. You know what I mean? So, um, but it, it, you know, I, I, it's incredible fun, Damon. We're having a blast. Um, I think that you know the juice is great. The the music is great. Just being almost inside that culture is is a lot of fun, huh? I mean, Absolutely. This, this is my dream job, actually. That's 
I, it sounds like it to me, and I'm kind of I, I'm kind of serious about hopping a flight tonight. But on that note, let's take I'm a bit. You're welcome. <laughs> awesome. Um, on that note, Joe, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Speaking about Copper and King's Distillery out of Louisville, Kentucky. Back in a moment. Today's break song is called Sunday Night Chicks by Mamarazzi. This is the Speakeasy. The International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. And we are back. You're listening to Speakeasy. And today in the studio, well, on the phone, rather, <laughs> I've got Joe Aaron from the awesome, awesome distillery, Copper and Kings, out of Louisville, Kentucky. And we've just been talking. Actually, you know, right before we broke, you said that uh, you have a bed for me to sleep on when I come down there. I'm thinking, like, seriously, I might come down there tonight. But, uh, it, it, you know, I was thinking uh, during the break, uh, that quick break that we just had, that... You know, it seems like, you know, I I love, I lo- absolutely love what I do for a living. You know, I, I love being a bartender, and I love running bars, and I love my customers, and I love, like, being hospitable to people, and, it, it, and everything that comes along with it. You know, I love doing this radio show, and, I, you know, it's just, I love it all. And it seems like there's a lot of that kind of love inside your distillery you know you've got a lot of artists and musicians and people are just like really into the spirits and the juice as you say you know and like it 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 must be just one of the most fantastic places to work you know it it, it is and you know one of the things that we always said damon was we were much more interested in being a community asset than a tourist attraction so you know for us you know, hosting charitable events for us is there's a lot of joy in that. There's a lot of there's a lot of fun. You know, we we have a, an art gallery um, that's pretty spectacular, um, and you know, it, it, these are small startups. You know, we're, we're not big, so you better like the people that you work with, of course, um, because you you know you're close knit and close proximity, um, and. You know, everybody's quite different, and, you know, I, I think Kentucky and, and Louisville's very welcoming, 
place. So, you know, the people that, that, that are now working with us, you know, they, they, there's no arrogance, there's no hubris to the people that work, work here. Um, everybody's got your back, uh, and everybody's watching out and hoping you succeed as opposed to looking for you to fail. And that's, that's a big deal, you know, in, in, when, when you start a business um, and when, when, when you, you, you're trying to get off the ground, you know, it's not, there's no guarantees of success, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that um, brought me into the service industry in the first place was that I saw the camaraderie, and that was something I could really get behind, you know? And I, I really appreciated, like, people working together in that way. And, and like I said, you know, just, like, really having each other's backs. But then at the same time, it was like, wow. Well, that, that's some someone I work with as uh, a painter, and they're actually very talented. This one, this one's a choreographer, you know, and and this one's uh, you know a dancer, and this one's a, a musician, and you know, like this one's a comedian, like, and you know, there are all these different. You know, this one's a writer, you know. Uh, there are so many different aspects of the art world, and one of the things that that got me about and still gets me to this day is like when uh, when people who work for even like breweries and like well first of all restaurants and bars but like then like breweries and and distilleries like a lot of times they still get asked sometimes like so what do you really do it's like uh, it's like oh so you're a musician or like whatever it's like yeah I am I can do more than one thing you know and I think that's really cool and, and it takes that kind of like attention and passion to get to start creating more you know and and for a company like yours you know you know i, I always i always throw this into the hat um Stumptown coffee they they have so many baristas and roasters you know for this coffee company and um they there are a lot of musicians that work for them and every year at least, like, as far as I know, er, the last time I checked, um, they put out a compilation CD for the staff. Or no, I said CD. Jack, what am I doing? There's no CD. Those anymore. things don't exist They don't anymore. exist anymore. <laughs> but they, they put out a playlist of uh, a lot of the uh, uh, baristas and people who work in Stumptown. They put out a compilation of songs of the people's bands who work for the company. And they that record cool. it and put it out. And it's so cool. And that like, is really, really nice. Yeah, I love that. It's so great. And it sounds like that's kind of what you guys are doing there with, with your art gallery. And, like, you've got so many artists, like, working there. And, like, and I mean, what's cool about that to me, too, is that, you know, you're, you're indulging. Uh, everyone's kind of, like, you know, experiencing and indulging in this, this great life you know it sounds like you've like base you know what i'm just gonna go ahead and say you know sounds like you've built a cult there <laughs> it's not, but i would say that leslie and i'll, I are I'll join <laughs> in the eccentric than we are in the the conformists i think that if you you know i think that combustion is very healthy until you get burned but you don't get combustion without people bouncing off each other and and, and doing that kind of stuff. So, you know, for us, people with character and personality, as you were just describing, I mean, if, if you look at a, a line, 
you know, a lion kitchen, you know, with, with the cooks and the lion, they are all so diverse. You look at a bar, and the, and, and the bartenders, that's, that's what creates the experience and the environment and, and new thinking. I mean, cocktails aren't just magic out of nothing. They're magic out of people who have imagination. And, and we're a nation of, built on imagination, on big ideas. Big ideas happen from baristas to bartenders to guys who drive our forklift. Who who cares? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, to be egalitarian is, is is to be liberated, huh? Absolutely, man. You know what? What's cool about this show today? We haven't even I mean, really talked about your spirits. And no, no, it, I'm much more excited about everything that surrounds surrounds the spirits. I, I, honestly. It's, we're talking about being spirited versus spirits, which is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's really cool because, like, you know, first of all, Jack told me that he really loved the spirits. I haven't even gotten a chance to try them yet. But, I, you know what? My favorite flavor profile, like for food, wine, beer, spirits, cocktails, is is hospitality. And... and just knowing like the vibe that you guys have i am I'm, I'm already i'm already sold on it but on that note where uh where can we pick this up i mean like how many uh, states are you in right now like what's your distribution like where can so people find we're, it we're, we're we're in 10 states for now um we we started off you know in kentucky and tennessee um moved down to tennessee and then you know, up through the Brandy Belt, which is Minnesota, Wisconsin, down mm-hmm. through Chicago, Indiana. We just opened Georgia and the Carolinas, and we're going to be moving up east. And I'd say, you know, our ambition w- would be to get up to New York City probably by, you know, well, you'd have to get in before fall, so maybe August, September. Um, and, you know, you you have to... You have to plan these things. I mean, it's easier to sell crack, I think, than alcohol sometimes. <laughs> so well, it, yeah. there's certainly more licensing involved and, and more distributors to, to kind of corral together. But um, I'd say by the end of the year, um, we should be you know, in about 20, 23 or 24 states. Um, and we're going from central east. I think what most people don't realize is that Seventy-five percent of all brandy is drunk central to east in terms of time zone. Mm-hmm. They sort of expect it to be a western phenomenon, but it's but it's not. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, I feel like we do a lot more here. You know, like I mean, I know San Francisco was like huge on Pisco back in the day, but like I, I feel like yeah, I mean, like as far as brandy goes in the United States, we're definitely like you know, I mean, like we we do a lot of cool stuff on the east side. Yeah. Oh, I think New York is. <laughs> I mean, is a is is a great town. We had Flavian and his crew from the Brandy Library were one of the first people to come and visit us a couple of weeks ago. You know, and um, and 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 they were very cool. I think New York is, if anything, open-minded. I mean, that's that's what that's what builds the vibrancy. That's what builds certainly the hospitality industry there. Um, which is about, you know, create experiences. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, so busy being mean to each other that, you know, everyone's going to be nice to each other. People from out of town. We go really big on being nice. The rest of the time, we're just dicks. Joe, I got to jump in, though, and ask about some of those 
crazy weirder things that you have aging down in the basement? Uh, so, so we are barrel sluts, and we have definitely uh, you know, slept with a lot of wood. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> so we, 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 have, we have some a very oily gin aging in a juniper barrel uh, right now from Serbia, which I think is going to be incredible. Um, we've, we're very, very proud of our absence. So absinthe is probably as much a signature for coppering kings as brandy is, um, and we have we we our first scale up batch um, was a bit of a disaster. It came out with very very heavy pepper. We use black pepper in our formulation, and it you know as we took it up in size, the, the stills behaved differently. It became so peppery as to like wow, this this is going to be quite odd, and so we put it in woolet rye barrels. So that's aging in nice. woolet rye barrels right now. That um, sounds great. <laughs> it's going to be great. We, we have absinthe in juniper barrels as well. We have absinthe in port barrels. We have, um, we have brandy aging in tequila barrels. Um, and so we're, we're about to, in fall this year, we're going to be doing an apple brandy, which... Uh, I think is going to be world famous. It will have a very heavy sherry finish. So we have 30-year-old Oloroso sherry casks in our basement. And so, you know, for us, it's it's you know, what what can we do that that can generate some kind of enthusiasm for you know distilling brandy in Kentucky, but also I I think our absence is gone back to the original roots of absinthe, which is using brandy as a base as opposed to grain-neutral spirits. So our absinthe is very soft and, and, and oily, and um, it's gorgeous. And, um, you know, one of the things we were just talking about music, and for me, like, brandy's like a rock band. Um, it has all that heft and structure of good rock and roll, but then it gets that little bit of Elvis in it. It's all curvy and got hips and, you know, and it starts to groove. And I, that's what I love about Brandy. It has everything you like about, you know, you know structure and heft and with just the, the long, smooth finish and that curvaceousness is, is pretty sexy stuff, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like Exile and Main Street era Rolling Stones, you know? Oh, perfect example <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly it that's, 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 how, exa- that's how i feel oh, about it bro great example <laughs> man it's been so nice talking to you i i know we're at the end of the show i could talk to you forever but uh it's cool because uh i'm gonna you know i think the flight's like uh maybe three hours down to louisville so yeah i'll see you in three hours <laughs> yeah i'm coming you, you, you can <laughs> get jack's you, gonna ride you, shotgun with me <laughs> come visit any time you want, Damon, and I'm going to come visit you guys, um, and 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 see what you're doing. And absolutely, well, I've got, I've got a place for you to stay if you got a place for me to stay. Hey. But the, here's the here's here's the trade off. I'm, I'm a left. I'm always open to going to Brooklyn. You know that. Absolutely. Here's the trade off, though. The rest of Brooklyn. I've got I've got one thing uh, is a trade off. I'm a lefty, so. Unless I fly with my guitar, if, if there's anyone in the distillery that plays left-handed guitar, I will ask. 
just ask around. Ask around. <laughs> but I, I got. They're, pl- all, they're I got- all. They're all pretty left wing, so you should be fine. <laughs> well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But it's been a great pleasure to have you on the show today. The the yeah, website okay. is copper and a n d kings dot com. It's a beautiful website, by the way. Uh, everyone, Thank check you. it out. Uh, check out their products if it's in your state, or if not, try and figure out how to get it there. Because that's uh, that's the way we do things here in America. We we're, we're making crazy brandies, and we're finding ways to get them in our bars. Uh, thanks again for being on the speakeasy today. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. We'll talk soon. That's it for the Speakeasy today. Check in to heritageradionetwork.org for many, many more programs just like this one. Till next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 